Welcome, dear listener, to Ale Tales, another episode of our monthly podcast about craft ale with a satisfying sprinkle of irreverent banter from God's own county. Daniel, how are you today? Wonderful, mate. Always aim to satisfy. That's my motto. Absolutely. A little sprinkle. Nothing more. Yeah. Just satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Middling. Fair to middling, as we say in these parts. Aye, lad. Aye. How the heck are you, fella? Very well. Yeah. Riding high off the scent of success. Fumes of being a very difficult person to be around at the minute. Yeah, well, it's difficult following the best football team on the planet, but there you go. Here we are. Um, number 19 is in the bag, and this is My the next Very exciting. Yeah, sorry, I just completely cut you off there. My challenge to you throughout the course of this episode is not to mention it again, or to sing a single song. What's my... um? We, so we're communicating via Zoom video, aren't we, Daniel? What's the name on my screen for me? I'm not even going to say it. I don't even want to say it. I believe in block capitals, it's LFC Champions of England. That is... So say, no, say no more, say no more. I barely mentioned Congrats. it. Carry on. Congrats. Very, very happy for you, as I've said. Very happy for you. So, yes, we are once again here on the airwaves, in your ears to deliver some fairly factual and insightful information about beer, some beer-based news, um, and me and him just talking a bit of, bit of rubbish at each other, a bit of nonsense. Um, we have been very busy little bees in the last few weeks. Uh, we have been working alongside Brew Republic, yes. a good, uh, excellent subscription box service uh, that gives you the ability to choose between three different um, types of box, the traditional, yeah, and a standard crafty one, and then a premium one as well. Anyway, if you would like to get hold of one of those, you can actually go to the Brew Republic website um, and click on subscribe and use the code ALETALES at checkout. That'll get you half off one of those excellent boxes. We also were lucky enough to be joined by the general manager of Brew Republic in our latest episode. Ben, what was your biggest takeaway from that? Yeah, it was great to chat to Andy. Top bloke, uh, wonderful beard. Um, and yeah, my, my takeaway from that, it was nice to hear from someone so so knowledgeable about his beers. Um, but um, yeah, one, one of his reflections on where all this was going, the scene that we all love so much, was he thought that um, there's room for a uh, return of the old style beers. So maybe some mild, some dark, some bitters that... Uh, our, our, our dads probably drank more than us, um, but he he sort of anticipated that maybe some of these more traditional styles might be forcing their way back in, that there was an appetite for that, and that uh, he foresaw uh, a lot of big bitterness making a revival as a prevailing uh, flavour profile. There you go. Nice first one on the Ale Tales bingo. Yeah, I really like the fact that he taught us a new word, which was terroir, which basically means the specific characteristics of the the beer and where it comes from. Apparently, it applies to wine more than beer, but you can use it with beer as well. So, like the the water used in I don't know Yorkshire-based breweries means that the terroir is different there than it is in you know Sussex or somewhere. So, yeah, really interesting chat with him. Check it out. It's our uh, episode just before this one, previous to this, uh, and. Yeah, really worth a listen. So get on that. Yeah. So do you want to start us off with what we are drinking, boy? 
Mm, we have dived into a collab beer between Dogma Brewery, which are the fine fellows based in uh, an old Belgrade sugar factory over in uh, Serbia. And they've collaborated with Flying Dog, who are responsible for some wonderful um, artwork on their cans that people will be familiar with. Um, and theirs is, uh, as I say, Collaboration Brew Galaxy IPA, 6.6% volume. Flying Dogma, what do we think? Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I think they are correct in that they've said that it's crisp and fruity, and I'm getting a bit of that. I'm getting quite a lot of bitterness. It's uh, mm. semi-sweet. I'm getting a bit of a sticky a stickiness from it, like a almost marmalade flavour, um, and maybe a bit of pininess there as well. A lot, quite a lot coming through, actually. Mm. I'd largely agree with that, sort of an exotic sort of fruitiness at the beginning, but the the bitterness prevails, I think, in in in, in the beer. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a fine effort. It looks looks nice, beautiful golden colour, uh, tad tad hazy. Uh, yeah, looking good. Nice start to uh, to our beer journey today, Daniel. I think we are pretty much through this, and we'll be moving on after that uh, to four more. We decided to step it up today and go for five beers once again. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. I think this is is a good way to start. My only slight issue, actually, is just on the nose, which I haven't realised till quite late on, is yeah. that I'm getting a bit of sort of funky, almost. I don't know. Do you know, like uh, where you put vegetables in a compost bin and they start to smell a bit? Good lord! Have you had have you had your can next to a cabbage in the fridge or something? <laughs> yeah. No, it's more like oniony, like kind of semi rotten onion. Mate, that's really weird because I'm getting malted milk biscuits on the nose. So I don't know what's, I know what's happening there. This, my sense of spell has always been my weakest attribute. Yeah, maybe my sense of Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, up next, we thought we would go for the Pomona Island uh, big brewery, obviously out of Manchester. And that's uh, the It's Never Been Like That dry hopped pale at 5.3%. I love the irony of the uh, artwork on their can. It looks like a liver bird, but they're in Manchester. But there you go. Thanks, boys. <laughs> That's you failed already. You've mentioned it. <laughs> hmm. There may be nineteen references of, to my beloved yeah. team. What, Carry on. What was it? No, I was going to ask you to say the next one. Oh, the next one is yes. Um, Horizon Gentle. Can I say this? Gentle <laughs> bastard IPA. Outrageous. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're looking forward to that one. Um, another IPA in the stable today. Mm-hmm. It is. We've gone very sort of IPA heavy with three three variants on the IPA and then a dry hopped pale as well. Uh, up next is the Lervig Pants Optional DDH IPA at 5.5%. Are you wearing your pants? Uh, nope, because I'm on a Zoom call. Uh, okay. I'm <laughs> wearing my pants. <laughs> I'd like them. Go for it. Yes, it's uh, Wiper and True, our Bristol friends with their milkshake stout. Very exciting. I'm not sure I've had a milkshake stout before, but I generally like the milkshake IPAs and I do like stouts. So this should be interesting. So up next is the Pomona Island. It's never been like that. Dry hopped pale at 5.3%. Uh, they say it's dry hopped with citra and mosaic. It's an everyday drinker that punches outside its weight class. Very excited about this one. I have had one Pomona Island before. I did enjoy it. 
Uh, I think they are cracking out some really good stuff. Although, as I mentioned to you before recording, Ben, they seem mm. to be an awful lot every week, like loads of different ones. I can't keep up with them. Yeah, it makes me wonder, a lot of the breweries that have got tap rooms, have they just been like expelling all their pent-up energy and turning out new brews just to uh, stop them going insane during during lockdown? There's worse ways to uh, expel pent-up energy, isn't there? Absolutely. Now, yes. I'm, I'm just looking at a few um, flavour profiles of There You Go, another one for the bingo, uh, mm. of the... Word in the bingo over and over. Yeah, but you can just count it. It's fine. Um, oh, okay. the, uh, trying to clue up more on the, the flavor profile of the hops. There you go, third time. Um, and this got the, the mosaic. I didn't realize apparently has notes of bubblegum. Did you know that? I, I did know it was sweet. I didn't know it was specifically bubblegum esque. Blueberry, because papaya, I... tangerine, rose blossoms, and bubblegum. Oh, I don't get any of that really. I'm getting vanilla, uh, I'm getting a bit of orangey sherbet uh pineapple well interestingly obviously the citrus citrus grapefruit melon lime gooseberry passion fruit and lychee so right i suppose when these things combine you're probably gonna you're not necessarily going to be able to pick out the constituent flavors you're going to get somewhere that is a mixture of the two aren't you naturally yeah we've discussed it before that when people say oh i'm getting bubble gum on the nose it's like eh, are you there? i mean Bubblegum's quite a strong flavour, strong smell, so maybe you could, but some things like, well, do you say lychee? Yeah. I'm not sure I'd know what lychee smelt or tasted like, really, so. No. <laughs> uh, News-wise, there's been a lot going on, and, uh, you know, we, we're going to steer clear of all the pub reopening stuff, because we've covered that in quite a lot of depth, and to be honest, it's all a bit of a minefield at the moment, a bit of a political issue, uh, but something that is good in a sense is the way that beer is being utilized in other ways so in in ireland uh there is heineken heineken island heineken island uh are basically sitting on or were sitting on a hundred thousand kegs 10 million pints of beer and they have it, it is a, sh- a shed load so they've basically decided to convert these into agricultural fertilizer Marvelous. so they're basically utilize them for a good purpose and in similar news again sticking with the irish theme hundreds of thousands of guinness kegs fertilize christmas trees in lockdown christmas i can't believe that we're halfway to christmas stop so, it <laughs> hundreds of thousands of unused kegs of guinness have been repurposed to fertilize christmas trees during the coronavirus lockdown, the forestry project is one of several environmentally friendly disposal routes for the famous, famous, famous Irish. <laughs> right, Seamus. As it brought back millions of litres of stout beer and ale from closed pubs and bars. So it actually brought them back, seemingly. At the start of lockdown, Island Guinness reduced operations at its St. James's Gate Brewery in Dublin to the minimal level required to keep its yeast stocks alive. It was the first time that had happened since the 1916 Easter Rising Rebellion in the city. Ooh, oh, I can tell you a thing or two about the Easter Rising. Were you there? Yeah. No, <laughs> silly, silly sod. We have been to St. James's Gate together, though, haven't we? Mm, I, I've always got a story about going up to the bar in uh, at the top of the Guinness factory and uh, going to the bar with my, my token and just looking at the bar lady and, and handing over my token, just poker face, like, give me a Guinness, obviously. And uh, she just stares straight back, dead straight face. What would you like? I mean, 
<laughs> oh, I get it. You know, you'll have some designated drivers, but it tickled me at the time. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. No, we had some nice times up there on that tower, didn't we? We did say, so, yeah. It's over Dublin. Indeed. Place. Wonderful. What are you making of this beer while we're in between? I'm really liking it. I think it's it's sweet and fruity. Um, as I say, I'm getting kind of a bit of tartness from like almost an orangey, orange zest type thing. Uh, little, a little bit of dryness, a bit of, bit of bitterness. Mm. Maybe some some grassy, grass thrown in for good measure. But yeah, I'd, I'd say mainly it's on the sweet vanilla sort of orangey side for me. Interesting. I mean, it looks a peachy colour for me. It's got that haze as well that you'd associate with sort of the, that sort of peachy tone. I'm getting sort of uh, passion fruit, I must say, um, but but like not overly pronounced. Uh, this is a for me. This is a really nicely balanced beer, and I could drink a lot of it because it's not it's not overpowering. It's quite um, mellow in its sweetness for me. Um, yeah, this I'm I'm very impressed with this. Very nice beer. It's quite juicy as well. Mm. Yes, very juicy, chuggable, sort of thirst quenching in the garden. Uh, unfortunately, the weather's not with us today, but I think yeah, it'd be a good one for just sitting out and having a couple of cans of in the garden. Very, very tasty indeed. Indeed, I do. It, I do find it impressive. And again, we spoke with Andy uh, from Brew Republic about this in mm. our little interview. I find it impressive when a brewery is able to turn out quality beers like week in week out like how how can they manage to churn, yeah churn is a bad word really but how can they manage to produce such great beers in different styles and in such a way all the time yeah because it should always be quality over quantity but if you can do both then damn you're onto a good thing and mm. uh, they Pomona boys and, and girls seem to be doing a, a, a good job of that from uh, from my experience of their their stuff can i take you on a journey somewhere else no, I would like to stay in Ireland. <laughs> uh, can I take you down to Camden Town? I don't want to go to London at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> looks horrendous. Can, I, can we pretend we're, we're going there in a virtual sort uh, of way? That's fine. A nice news story for you then. Uh, Camden Town Brewery has launched a new beer with profits going towards the production of free kegs for their pub customers. This is according to City AM, uh, who report that profits from the sale of cans of the new American Pale Ale to the pub will be used to produce more than uh, a quarter of a million pints of beer, which will be given away to pubs across the summer. Um which, as we all know, we're not we're not going to dwell on this, but obviously um, it's been a tough time for the for the pub industry, and so you know a gesture like this is 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 lovely, I think, and it gives us the chance as customers to to help as well. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, superb, marvelous, very good. Uh, less less good news from me. Less good news story is about the seemingly quite popular at the minute S forty three, the Durham based brewery S forty three who have um, produced a beer which is called uh, You're Not You When You're Thirsty, Peanut Butter and Fudge Stout. And if you look at the can, understand why they got in some hot water about this, because it basically looks like a, a Snickers. Is it Snickers? Yeah. That's the thing, isn't yes. it? You're I've seen that all over Insta. And that is, yeah. I mean, the beer itself sounds incredible, but you can see why they run into a few problems. Yes. So basically, they've been sent a letter by Mars, who obviously owns Snickers, 
to ask S43 to stop selling Stout under that name so that it doesn't reach the next stage of legal action. Basically, stop doing what you're doing right now or we're going to mess you up. Can, can uh, I say, though, how do they get landed in hot water and you've got, though they shan't be named, certain discount um, supermarket change blatantly ripping the branding from established branded products and getting away with that as a marketing device it, it staggers me so there you go good question well their response to it is is as a as ever very clever which is uh, we've seen that seen companies do this before where basically they take the mick out of it so they've said the one we can't talk about that's what they've renamed it so they ah. board and just called it that uh, so that comes Smart. from the sunderland echo that story good Thanks, work chat. now can you indulge me daniel uh, I think you've already had your one Liverpool-based comment, but sure. I did say 19 references. This, I think, is number three. Um, so, yeah, Carlsberg is launching a limited edition Champions Can in honour of Liverpool's Ooh. historic early victory just the other night. Uh, with seven games to go, Liverpool FC wrapped up the Premier League title. Marvellous stuff if you're someone like me. Um, but basically, it is the same Carlsberg beer, boo, um, but in a beautiful can a red can with the place signatures all over it little lfc crest um it looks glorious i mean i would happily pay a tenner for one of those cans to drink a shit pint of beer but just marvel at the can because i'm sad and um, but i'm sure that will go down an absolute storm if it's still available when liverpool can have their victory parade whenever that may be carlsberg's champion can there we go um, that's the news honestly congrats to you if you want to buy a hundred cans of red Carlsberg, then go for it, mate. You deserve it. Champions of England, I'll do whatever I like. Champions of everything, bud. Well done. Thank you, sir. We shall go and grab the Horizon Gentle Method and we'll be back with you. So now we're cracking open the Gentle Bastard. Don't know if you caught any of that. Um, but this is by Horizon of Budapest. Um, when I say Buddha, you say yes. So it's a 6% IPA, uh, a classic American IPA packed with tropical citrus aromas. The intensity of the hops is balanced out by the biscuity malts. Interesting, isn't it, Daniel, to have a beer called Gentle Bastard that is a pale ale? Because obviously the gentle refers to the pale ale. So what brings the bastard? <laughs> um, <laughs> What brings the bastard? I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. To be totally honest, is that the oddest question you've ever had? Well, I, I would say that it's not really a, a pale ale as we know it. It smells really malty and caramelly on the nose. I'm it's got like a, a it's got a beautiful apple. head on it. Toffee apple. Ooh, yeah, a bit of a toffee apple caramelly. It's not what I was expecting. I'm maybe even getting like a bit of peach, but like overripe peach it's it's nice it's just different it's it's nice but different interesting i'm not sure what to make of this i'm gonna go in i'm getting i'm getting a bit of toffee apple and mm. a bit of that you know, you know those um those sweets that are like part cream and part fruit like swirls almost okay yeah so i'm getting like one of those but i think it's like more orangey like burnt yeah, burnt orange. I get, or- it. I get it. It's it's almost like citrusy or tropical fruits, and then you get like a biscuitiness, which is the maltiness for mm-hmm. me coming through. 
there's I don't necessarily always detect the heavy maltiness of a beer, but that is coming through for me. And it's it's like a modern beer meets an old beer almost. I like that. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It, it took me by surprise because it doesn't have that modern contemporary sort of flavour. It's more malty traditional style but it does have a few little things creeping through but yeah the sort of burnt biscuity caramelly toffee apple yeah toffee apple's good i like that it, it for me it's like back to the future because it starts with like a modern a modern sort of flavor profile for me there you go again um but then descends into that biscuity maltiness so you end back in the, the, the more traditional roots i've got that the wrong way around haven't i but take it as you will um i like that that's good <laughs> Well done, Horizont. Horizont, Horizont. Yeah, the uh, we actually we watched the Cyberfest that this came with, didn't we? And they were the most entertaining. They <laughs> kind of superb this weird interrogation thing, didn't he? And he shotgunned one of them. He literally yeah. shotgunned his hands. It was like Reservoir Dogs with a can of beer. It was wonderful. He was talking to a can of beer and then he brought along his mate, which was the same beer in a big warehouse. Yeah. It was bizarre, but really intimidating the hell out of this can of beer. And then just like went all gangster on it and And shut it up and then, and then walked off. It was wonderful. He'd just done something bad to it though. Like it did. You could tell he felt dirty after it, like after he shotgunned it. (laughs) Yeah, Cyberfest was good, wasn't it? That was a collaboration between uh, Ferment Magazine and Beer 52 um, over two days in June. We tuned in on the Friday night. In total, 24 beers over eight hours. We got a box of 12 because we did the Friday night, and it was all broadcast via YouTube. Um, There was some music, some comedy, some beer tastings, and behind-the-scenes tours of breweries, all all in all a good concept, and sort of just filled that void with the beer festivals having gone south. So, uh, yeah, that was good, and we tried some really interesting beers. Off mm. the back of, off the back of that. Uh, what else you been drinking aside from these here brews? Well, I think uh, I don't know on air or off air. I've been saying that I've been wanting a box from Brass Castle, um, a wonderful brewery near uh, in Malton, um, near us in North Yorkshire, for some time, and uh, I finally got around to doing that. And um, their stuff is fantastic, and it puzzles me immensely why i don't see more of their cans on uh on on the craft beer scene on instagram for example um they're churning out some really beautiful stuff some nice balance between the bitterness and the sort of fruity profiles that we're we're enjoying at the moment so i ordered their come hello high hop water box which was 12 cans um a couple of uh repeat cans in there which is great you can just sit back and enjoy one and then like you know get a bit more deep on the the next time you go around um but yeah some really nice stuff there fruit loop which i think is a a repeat favorite of theirs but they try it with different hops in different different times and uh yeah that was really nice sunshine ipa i've been trying but yeah brass castle uh check them out they're really cool upcoming uh brew with some very nice can art as well um expect to see more pictures of theirs on insta what have you been drinking daniel well seeing as it has been not only my birthday, but also Ale Tales' birthday of late. Happy birthdays! Are, Hooray! We are three years old as a as a podcast. I mean, admittedly, we've had a two year hiatus in between that <laughs> desert, but it it was nonetheless our birthday. So I had a beer called "Don't You Look Surprised." 
Happy Birthday Trucker by Bibliotech and Bruski. And it was very, very tasty. It was, so they're, they're a Swedish brewery and it was spicy more than it was fruity. There was some vanilla, pineapple and coconut in there. And it just really went down well. It was only 330 can, but it just, it was just a chuggable little monster. So that's, that's my sort of takeaway of the last week or so, a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, so all good there. Excellent. Marvellous. Pants optional. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Position. We are on to Levig's Pants Optional, which is a double dry hopped IPA at 5.5%. is in a 500ml can, which a lot of people are saying should be the new norm coming back Reed. again. Uh, you had an arbor the other week, didn't you? That was oh, beautiful. It was a massive citra hop bomb, and it was wonderful. Mm. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of these cans. Debate, hey, debate there about whether 500 mil cans should come back. Uh, the tasting notes say fresh and exclusive new release straight out of Norway. Kick back and enjoy this juicy double dry hopped IPA. Pants are optional. Super duper. So this comes with Pilsner Malts and Golden Promise with Azaka, Idaho 7, and some Citra. Mm. Have you sniffed it? Have you tasted it? I've rubbed it in my mouth. I've uh, oh. had a big old snifter. It's, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's how you drink beer. Oh, isn't it? You don't rub it in your mouth. I've been doing so much wrong all these years. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I've yeah, I'm enjoying this. I, 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 good. I mean, immense hoppiness. You still get a bit of pineapple on the nose. Mm. I'm not getting immense hoppiness actually. I'm getting tropical. Mm, I'm getting no. I'm getting like a. I think when I get an immense hoppiness, I, I think of a West Coast sort of double IPA. This is nice and the the mouth the mouthy feel is soft and I don't know cloudy pillowy and I'm getting tropical fruity yeah um, called tropical fruity with a little little sharp bitterness note in the middle that then fades it's I don't know mm, it's like yeah. stab, stabbed in the eye of a pine tree as you're walking past and then it fades <laughs> we've all been there haven't we we have all been stabbed in the eye by a pine tree maybe a little bit of orange again i feel like i'm having a lot of orange today did you have an orange before this podcast yeah i did eat three oranges yeah that will explain it yeah that'll be it i have a really bad habit on a night when i'm um i'm doing a picture for instagram or whatever for for ale tales and i'll have uh, you know getting ready to do have dive into the beer you know it's a bit of an event i'll i'll make an event out of having one beer um it's usually after dinner and after dinner i usually have something sweet so quite often chocolate yeah. biscuit or piece of chocolate and then i find that quite often affects my palate well it would so if it you've had not. if you've had several tangerines then um we've got a problem scotty <laughs> no i just i just think that, that our first well the first two and then this one has an orangey zesty nature to it i get Maybe pineapple not. I do get pineapple, I do, but there's an underlying twange of orange. Twang. Yeah, maybe yeah, actually. Yeah, more ah. so with this one than the other one. Gotcha. First Ooh. time you've ever agreed with me on this podcast. Yeah, 
Uh, but it's not true. Um, yeah, I get a little bit of orange zest in there. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. Are you getting any sort of uh, dankness from it? Any danky? I get it on the nose, actually. Again, it's. I feel there's like... A little, there's a little pininess on the finish. Mm, no, I mean, the, I know we've discussed dankness before, but I, and I think I described it to you as purely pine, but it is more just of like that sort of, yeah, earthy and almost. I don't really get that. No, what I don't about get any dankness. Any, any any vegetables, any garlic or onions? No, I, I'm actually getting a bit of onion on the nose. I am I'm seriously concerned. I think you're having a stroke. <laughs> no, <I burn> toast. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, will agree to disagree? <laughs> Pants are optional after all. Once again, for release radar. Oh, yeah. And following our last podcast, somebody was kind enough to get in touch on Instagram uh, and tell us basically we were absolutely idiotic and didn't know what we were talking about. Because I was saying that he was very was polite. He was very polite about it. So this, yeah, it was uh, Tony Grizzly Beers, hey. who very kindly... What? Hey. Hey. Yeah, as in, hey. He likes a lot of our posts. We like a lot of his. Good Insta- <laughs> Instagram account. Continue. Great Instagram account. So he says, hey, just listening to your latest episode, and FYI, if you're still looking for info on new launches, this week in Craft beer does a weekly newsletter so this was off the back of me saying there's nowhere to find information about releases in the uk but there of course is and this week in craft beer uh, are a fantastic newsletter weekly newsletter that basically does all sorts of things and uh, including telling you about releases and also tells you about podcasts on the beer beer related things hey we are we are now one of those. Thank you. Right. I know. Yeah. Well, lovely, lovely chap that I was in touch with there. And he has been kind enough to include us on his uh, list of beer based podcasts. But yeah, it's really, it's, it's class, isn't it? It's really good. It mm. tells you all sorts of things, including obviously the releases. Was the one in particular that jumped out at you this week? Well, funnily enough, there was. And um, after we spoke to Andy of Brew Republic, um, and he talked about the old styles coming back in, but he also talked about the likely to be a renaissance of the craft lager scene, which surprised does, didn't it? Really, um, I've, I've tried a few recently, but um, so on that note, I mean, I'd enjoyed the craft enjoyed the craft lagers that I've had recently, a couple of a couple of random tins, but um, one on here that jumped out was Lost and Grounded, who we've uh, we've drank a few of recently, great brewery. Um, they're made from the same stars, Vienna-style lager, 4.8%, um, uber-smooth, uber-modern version of the traditional Vienna-style lager, biscuity malt coupled with a tiny bit of citra as dry hop. I mean, that, for me, sounds like a match in heaven because I do like the sort of um, the lager styles of Eastern Europe, and um, I'm a massive fan of the citra hop. I love the citrus flavors, so I'm really excited about that one. I'd love to try that. What about sounds you? Good, is, bro. Is, the one that jumped out at you? Uh, yes, there is indeed. The well, uh, inspired by friend of the podcast Andy, he's been harping on about Siren, which is near him. I can't remember. Is it Berkshire? Mm. Berkshire. 
so Siren Craft Brew, I left my wallet in El Dorado, 6.1% IPA, um, easy drinking beer, uh, which sees El Dorado take the lead with Juicy Stone Fruit, your favorite, Ben, Stone Fruit. Oh, yeah, great. It's backed up by complimentary dank piney and citrus notes. You said you wanted to see a review that had stone and dank in the same thing. <laughs> it's delivered. I need to try that beer, clearly. Exactly. <laughs> if I get any of that, then that's a, that's a win. Yeah, uh, I actually did have a siren uh, the other day, which was the Lumina. Mm, how uh, did you get on with that? Session IPA, delicious, yeah. Uh, really, really good. Very, very enjoyable. And I actually had one around at the mother-in-law's the other day as well. She randomly bought one from Morrison's or somewhere. Um, I can't actually remember what it was because I was just drinking. I wasn't taking pictures of them. Um, yeah, I think they are really good from the, the two that I've had. They are really uh, out some good stuff. So I would like to get some more, get my hands on some more of those. But, yeah, uh, This Week in Craft Beer offers – a lot more information mm. than we've just given there, you know, from Verdant to London Beer Factory to more Pomona Island mm. to Beers and Wylams and, you know, Wonder Beyond and Vocations, all of those and Cloudwater, lots and lots. Um, actually, I'll just mention one more. Cloudwater have finally got around to releasing uh, an all-together IPA. Hooray! Which is obviously, which is obviously uh, the global collaborative sort of effort to uh, support hospitality workers who've been laid off during this difficult time. Um, have you had one of those yet, uh, and all together? You know what? I've not, actually. Um, when I've been looking in web stores, a lot of them have been sold out. But, um, yeah, I, uh, that's more my timing, I think, rather than anything else. But have you tried any? I haven't, but I do have a <laughs> North a North Bruco in the fridge ready to roll. Hey. I think we E, what you E? You've not. I don't know. It's my new thing. It's a new thing. <laughs> I would like it to. The Fonz, the, the latest guest on Hotel's podcast. I'd like it to go away as soon as possible, please. I'm doing the hand uh, motion and everything. Yeah, they can't see that. Can I just yeah. say that this this week in craft beer, uh, one of my favourite um, features of the newsletter, you should sign up is um, know your hops and its quick guide to hop characteristics. And uh, I must say, I'm more familiar with the older English style hops, and um, this has a very up to date list of all the uh, the latest hops being used from around the world. And um, the description is really great, um, really enjoyable. So uh, yeah check it out one that stood out for me by the way just just check i don't know if i've had a beer with a cashmere hop yet but um intense fruit peach melon lemon and lime with secondary notes of coconut lemongrass candy and herbs jesus i mean much. that's one hell of a hop i i kind I, of want something with cashmere in just so i can say i've had one <laughs> i couldn't handle all that in my mouth i couldn't put it all in my mouth at once <laughs> and then you've got something like a traditional english golding which is sweet floral yeah <laughs> to the point you know what i mean i like that i like that um so yeah any any more on the pants optional um i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it i'm gonna take another little chug now i'm getting more sort of stickiness i'm, I'm feeling like I've, we've had a couple of sticky beers today and i'm quite enjoying that like you know that that tart stickiness that's like it's a bit claggy in the mouth but not in a bad way i always struggle to find words that <laughs> that fully describe what i'm feeling about this beer because I, I do really like this but 
there's there's something indefatigable about it there's something indescribable for me that is um the bitterness is too um consistent throughout i like i like something before i get the bitterness kick in um, oh in the bitterness are you yeah i don't know I, I yeah it's um it's not my favorite style basically do you get any black tea no Idaho have black tea flavoring, okay. but I don't get it either, so don't worry about it. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's good. Obviously, we'll give our final verdict towards the end. <laughs> the can art is wonderful, by the way, and I really like. It's one of those cans that's the, um, it's just the chrome of the can, and then you've got like a wrap around it, a paper wrap. Um, I really like those chrome cans. I'm just saying, from an aesthetic point of view, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I kind of think that they've made the label for a 440ml can and then they've just gone out to put it Because <laughs> it is a bit small, isn't it? I'm fine with that. I like it. I like it. And, you know, kudos for the fact that it's a full pint can. Excellent stuff. Following the wake yeah, of Arbor. I agree. I think the can art is great. It does kind of freak me out a little bit. His face is bizarre and he's got... He's, well, it's a guy, right? Because he's got no yeah. hair. Yeah. And he's got he's painted he's painted his toenails for some reason, and he's only yeah. got water. Why the hell not? You know, what? pants oh, optional. Okay. Why the hell not? It's the same thing. Yeah, right. yeah. He, he's in the sea with his laptop because why the hell not? I mean, yeah. I hope he's charged it fully beforehand. But nonetheless, why the hell not? It's a bit. Um, um, who who's the fellow who does the um who did the illustration for Fear and Loving in Las Vegas? It's a bit like that style. It kills yeah. me that I can't remember his name. Oh, so I've been to his ex- an exhibition of his in um, Halifax. He's fantastic, and it kills me that I can't remember his name. Anyway, moving on. Well, no, I, I want to know now. You've 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 piqued my interest. Oh well, I'll uh, find out. But next next piece, I'll find out while we're while we're talking. Okay, all right, fair enough. Cool. Uh, so we have one more beer to go, and then we will decide which one of these has Ooh. floated our boat the most. Our final beer of the evening is Wiper and True's Milkshake Stout at 5.6%. Would you like to know something about this dark and mysterious beastie? I sure would. Uh, So, uh, a milk stout uses sugar made from cow's milk to give the beer a sweet, creamy tone. Bristol breweries were once famous for brewing the best milk stouts around. For Wiper and True's take on the traditional recipe, it's used copious amounts of chocolate malts and vanilla pods to create rich, velvety, and satisfying dark beer. Mmm. Yummy. So this probably would have been a bit of a wild card effort back in the day for us but i think we've very much uh, grown to like the the style haven't we so it's it's not really uh something that's gonna surprise us too much no uh-huh. but having tried their uh this brewery's fine beverages before i've not tried the milk stout i'm looking forward to this very very much yeah it's uh ooh, i'm getting the usual sort of roasty toasty maltiness okay bit of coffee the chocolate's there. Actually, what's coming through the most is is the sweetness. Okay. On the nose, it's, that is pure coffee. 
yeah now what it what it reminds me of and this is a bit uh a bit random and a bit it's probably not gonna mean anything to many people but for me it reminds me of a korean cup of coffee yes that and means the reason- nothing to me correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know why? Because you didn't come to visit me in Korea. Well, I was a skint student, Daniel. Let's move on. We've had many years to heal this wound. <laughs> Korean coffee, because they really don't like their their coffee strong. It they like it milky and sweet. So it is like there's coffee there, but it's just very milky and very sweet. Poor form. As in, literally, if you press coffee in a vending machine you shouldn't really drink coffee out of a vending machine anyway, then it will come out just a milky sweet mess of, which I actually enjoyed at the time. Well, I mean, literally on the nose, that is pure roast coffee, which is wonderful. I'm getting a bit of uh, like toasted brown bread as well. God, that's sweet, isn't it? It's like mm. marshmallows going on. Mm. In fact, it's not even brown bread. It's like serene, you know, serene, like malt loaf. It's a bit like that. Yeah, malt loaf, I get it. I actually yeah. get it. Oh my yeah. god, I'm two for two today. Actually, that's not two for two. Like you've definitely disagreed with me more than once. What's blowing my mind is this is a nod to what I've said is my greatest beer of this year. Oh Hey You Giles by Brew York. Oh but not uh, quite as good. Which was like a peanut and um I can't remember all the notes now, but it was a peanut and like chocolate stout type effort and this is this gets close to it in terms of the flavor profile Ooh, you've said it about five times yeah I'm, I'm on fire with that today it's not actually a competition yeah i mean there is a sweetness to that that stands out yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just drinking in those depths yeah i would say it is too sweet for me maybe it's the time we're drinking it towards the end of our sesh but I'm it's happy not it's in a free 30 mil can yeah mm. but that's not yeah. that's not a bad thing to say and you know what after you get your coffee on the nose you get an absolute explosion of sweetness on the, the, the you know the initial flavor profile i've said it again and then um at the end for me the coffee creeps back which is interesting there's like a roasted yeah, yeah it does um, it comes back towards the end Roasted credits. Like a scary, creeping coffee bean that's not content with your sweeted palate, satiated palate. Shut up, Daniel, you cretin. Um, (laughs) Thanks for coming. Did you say thanks for coming? Yes, I did. Well, how many of these beers today would you... Order a pint of at a bar. Probably two of them. Mm. I would say the maybe one of them for me. But just the Pomona. I would have a pint of the pants optional. I drank five hundred mil of it and enjoyed it and came out the other side. I think the others are better suited to a three thirty mil can. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's just you know, the style of beer and the, I think some some are better suited to smaller volumes. You think yeah. about like massively strong, you know, double IPAs or whatever, you, you don't really want a big old chunky pint or massive can of that, do you? It's just interesting, isn't it? Because like, you know, 
the generational thing is you go out and you drink pints of beer whereas now it's like well there's so much around in terms of the different styles that you, yeah you have pints of whatever but you want to try that so maybe you have a half because not because you're a lightweight it's because you want to try that but you know it's not you don't want a pint of it because it's overwhelming um, I th- I th- it's just, just I th- interesting isn't it the mixture back in the day yeah having a half or a well schooner wasn't even a thing was it but having a half was like you just wouldn't do it whereas now it's perfectly and even you know more acceptable because you drink for enjoyment not just to get drunk and and that's what it that's what it's about yeah so yeah i've yeah i walked into north bar in harrogate and ordered a schooner i've you know done that several times and i don't think there's anything wrong with that if you're ordering a eight percent beer Mm. there's not many there's not many places where it is the norm not many pubs where it's the norm to walk in and order a half or a schooner, but there are places where it, it is more and more acceptable to do that. Shall we rank and rate these, as it were? Yeah, mine and Funken. Okay. So our first beer was Flying Dogma. A Galaxy IPA, 6.6%, which was, yeah, Dogma and Flying Dog. We gave it, uh, so basically our three characteristics or, you know, rating, what what am I on about? Tell me, help me out here, bud. Three things that we look at. Our attributes, yeah, the, the score attributes. Attributes, yes. Attributes. So our hype, and that's basically like, is it a, a brewery that's on the up? Is it a brewery that's getting loads of attention? Is it a beer style that's getting loads of attention? Or is this very specific style of beer by this brewery getting lots of attention? Is it something that kind of sits you know, well with us? Is it something that's massive, yeah, massive sort of hype beer? Appearance is the can and the pour. So do we like the look of the can? Do we like the look of the pour? And the flavor profile is obviously, is it a nice balanced flavor? Is it Does it have uh, a good mev feel, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Does it say what it promises to deliver? Is it a good example of the style? Is it something different that's exciting? Definitely part of it as well. Yeah. Is it something that it should be or do, or does it kind of miss the mark a little bit um so that obviously gives you a total out of nine but then we also each get a subjective point we get a point to throw at another beer so technically there could be a perfect beer but obviously we all know that there is no such thing really as a perfect beer but maybe one day there will be one so the flying dogma we gave it one out of three for hype two out of three for appearance and two out of three for flavor profile, uh, which gave it a total of five out of 10. Is there anything you want to add there, Amigo? No, <laughs> I, I'm happy with that. It was a good solid bit. It was very nice. A five out of 10 score that we just want to put across is a good beer. So when we're ranking stuff, a zero is a beer that we've not enjoyed in terms of any category here. A one is a good a two is great, a three is an excellent. So there's no shame in a five. Flying Dogma was a good beer. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of each of the, the categories that we uh, 
rating it on. Yeah, so actually it is, is decent, yeah. But would you like to give your subjective point to that? No. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the second one? Yeah, it's never been like that, has it? Um, <laughs> Panoma Islands, yeah, uh, step up. Um, lovely beer. We, we really enjoyed that. Um, we thought it was a beer... It was a brewery that was getting talked a lot about. It's a you know a beer that we'd seen um, on the Instagram feeds and stuff. So you know we felt that that deserved a hype score of two out of three. In terms of appearance, you know it was a lovely sort of um, peachy, slightly hazy appearance. Uh, the can, I mean, me and Dan both enjoy that sort of clean cut um can art style it's lovely it's bold um that's you know that ticks boxes there so we gave that a two out of three in terms of the flavor profile we just thought it was beautifully balanced um there wasn't anything like over screaming on the palate it was fruity um but not overwhelmingly so there was a slight bitterness to it it was just very sessionable um, and maybe that is reflective of how we enjoy our beer, but we gave that a flavor profile three out of three score, uh, which gives it a seven out of 10, which is, um, yeah, a good, a very good score. Would you like to give it your extra point? I'm still trying to decide where that should go, to be honest. So I'm going to hold that judgment. Oh, okay. So currently seven out of 10. The third one was the gentle man. <laughs> Uh, we said one out of three for hype because we haven't really heard much about these fellas uh, or these these peeps. Um, Appearance-wise, we like the can art, but the orangey appearance of the beer was a bit misleading for an IPA, or maybe it wasn't misleading because actually it led to a flavor profile that we gave one out of three because it wasn't really an IPA. So it, it resulted in a four out of ten, and the reason we said it wasn't really an IPA is because it it tasted more like a, a Belgian pale ale or a English barley wine, a, a bitter, an, an Irish red ale, something more sort of malty and sweet. It wasn't quite the IPA that we kind of came to expect. So four out of ten for the gentleman <laughs> there, and then the fourth one was. Pants optional, um, which we gave it a hype of one out of three. We didn't feel that this was a brewery that necessarily everyone was shouting about. We haven't seen too much of this particular beer. Um, appearance, a solid two out of three because, um, yeah, it's beautiful beer on the port. And, you know, the can's got that lovely chrome can with the artwork wrapped around it through the middle. Uh, very sort of clean, cartoony, but, you know, nice sort of bold artwork. Um, so we get that two out of three. Flavor profile, again, sort of, you know, sort of it delivered, you know, it's a double dry hop and you get the, that dryness, but, it, you know, it, it was more of a classical IPA representation than what we've had earlier in the day, um, and it was a very nice beer. Um, so we felt that justified the, 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 the total score of five out of ten. Currently five out of ten. Currently, which leads us to the final beer of the Milkshake Stout which we, again, I think Wiper and True hype-wise are a pretty big brewery and they seem to attract a lot of attention, but this is one of their core range. So you can't really get much hype for a, a core range. So we gave it one out of three. Appearance-wise, it looks 
tasty, like the, the can art, the shuttle and the white and the gold is beautiful. Uh, and the, the beer itself looks obviously lovely as a, as a dark stout. Mm. And the flavor profile did the job. It, it was a nice milky stout. It was sweet. And, uh, yeah, no, no real complaints there, but nothing that was exceptional to earn a full mark. So, therefore, it was two out of three as well. And that, again, that gives that one five out of ten. So, we currently have a five out of ten for Flying Dogma, a seven out of ten for It's Never Been Like That, a four out of ten for Gentle Man, and a five out of ten for Pants Optional, and a five out of ten for Milkshake Stout. So, a Wait. lot of... Mm. Where you chucking the, your subjective uh, mark? Me, personally, I will chuck my subjective mark behind Pants Optional, making it a 6 out of 10, because it was uh, a 500 mil can, which you don't see a lot of at the, like these days, and I just thought, yes, it didn't have the fruity bombness of, of a lot of double dry hopped IPAs, but it was a really sort of balanced um, bitterness. So there was bitterness there, but I think it was a balanced bitterness. So I, I really enjoyed that, and I got through it as if it was just a pint in the pub, basically. So I would give that my extra point, and that makes that 6 out of 10, which still leaves it in the runner-up position. Well, I'm going to agree with you entirely, and I'm going to throw my subjective point in the very same direction. And much for the reason that you finished on there, Dan, in that it's a um, a drink that I, I I would I I was left with wanting more of. Whereas, you know, the Flying Dogma, the the Milkshake Stout from uh, Wiper and True, um, the, I enjoyed those beers, but. Um, probably had more novelty factor for me. I would have a pint and move on to something different, not because I haven't enjoyed it, just because it's too dense a style for me to persevere with. So for me, pants optional, I'd, you know, I'd probably entertain having a second pint. Um, I did enjoy the balance. Um, I think I thought it was a very good example of a double dry hopped IPA. So I'm going to chuck my mark at that one, which I believe Ooh. gives us a, a joint top ranking beer from this episode daniel it does indeed sir it does indeed yeah so we've got uh, pomona island it's never been like that and uh Lervig pants optional as our joint winners with seven out of ten it's literally never been like this it's never been like this that is mental yeah i, I honestly thought you were going to go for the pomona island but fair play to you boy indeed so yeah that's uh that's big Big news out of Ale Tales Towers. I think that those <laughs> those two beers have, you know, done the job for us tonight. That's not to say that the other three weren't decent. Just yeah, that they have line up today. Hit the spot. Yeah, real good, real tasty, mate. Well, we shall see you here again at some stage, I'm sure. Um, in the meantime, please do follow us on Instagram. Ale Tales podcast. We're on the Facebooks, the Twitters, and you can also email us with any questions, thoughts, abuse, if you really wish. AleTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Join us again next time. We will be back. Enjoy. Taraz. Bye.
There's something that the cop wants you to know. The best in the world is named Bobby Firmino. I know, but I'm giving the ball new score every time. See, si, senor. Pass the ball to Bobby and he will score. There's something that the cop wants you to know. The best in the world is named Bobby Firmino. Is that enough? Is that enough, Daniel? You had enough? Your ears bleeding. It's enough for our introduction to the episode, yeah. You are? Which which I've just recorded. Shut up. <laughs> I have, I'm happy with that. That's another probably, LFC reference. Boom. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh,